I have to first of all apologize to Josiah because uh, the last time he was on the podcast, or he was going to be on the podcast, I gave him shit for not showing up on time. Josiah shows up promptly at 12 o'clock today. <laughs> I was still asleep. And uh, so I, I apologize for giving you crap on that. All right. Um, I had woke up at 1030, hit, hit, uh, a, or told my, my phone to set up a timer and set up a timer. Then I woke up at 11 o'clock after that timer went off. And somehow managed to turn that off and fall back asleep. And then I dreamt of waking up. No joke. I dreamt of waking up, coming downstairs, getting the podcast set up. And then I dreamt the entire podcast. Probably should have recorded that. And it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. The podcast wasn't good. That was how kind of my day started. And I, I hear I wake up to the dog barking, open up the door and I go, son of a bitch. Like I knew it. The moment he was he was freaking barking like it's past twelve o'clock. It's easily pat just past twelve o'clock and Josiah's here. Just says like, hey man, and I just look down, I'm like, okay, you're gonna I point out I'm like, you're gonna laugh. Like a schmuck. Miles, I'm sorry that we're late. My brain is still like, hey, what the fuck are we doing up? <laughs> oh good. I'm struggling to keep awake too. Blink, blink, blink. I'm like, I blink and it makes the sound. I can hear my own eyelids. <laughs> like, <laughs> you hear your eyelids refusing to separate again? Yeah. <laughs> Just. And now more real fake facts from the Geek Out Heroes. All right, real fake fact. Parents don't actually exist in Japan. They're just one giant peanuts gang. <laughs> it's either that or the, the children are birthed out of tanks and straight into an apartment in Tokyo where they live their normal life. <laughs> where they can go to high school or middle school. You stand before a door. You unlock it with the key of rational thought and common sense. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of lunacy, laughter, and logic. You're now moving into a land of both bullshit and fact about movies, video games, and nerd culture. You've just crossed over into the Geek Out Heroes podcast. Well, I was going to say real fake fact, but since you use that one, I'll hold off on mine. Because I don't want I don't want to wait. Like whenever we come with them now, I don't want to use like too many of them in one go because you know, then we don't have one for like next, next week. And then I'm like, shit, I should have waited. Yeah, I was going to say you got to <laughs> stock up on them. Right. Got a doomsday prep that shit. <laughs> well, I mean, the good news is I think a lot of these real fake facts don't have expiration dates. So unless it has to do with a specific time and day. Then you have to remind people of the event. And then you're the asshole for bringing up old shit. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. And Miles. Well, before we get into games, we'll talk about... Uh, so a little more stuff has been coming out on... Uh, even more stuff, I should say, has been coming out on uh, Activision and Blizzard. Uh, all that shit that was going on. Um, for anybody out there who still has the least... Like, the bit of shadow of a doubt uh, that this could be real... Uh, or that these women's complaints are uh, are legitimate. Look, 
there is a poss is there a possibility that some of them could be false flags or could be doing it to gang up and make sure that the events that did take place uh, get recognition? Absolutely, that's happened before in real life. Is there any doubt that shit went down and that Activision and Blizzard CEOs, their the head of their 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 heads, their HR knew about the bad behavior that was taking place, even if it was less than what they're talking about. Is there any chance that the company just ignored it? You bet your ass there is. That company ignored every fucking complaint that came across their desk. And for Christ's sakes, one of the guys got promoted three times. No, sorry, two times. He moved up, and while he was harassing his fellow coworkers or or subordinates, and yet, oh no, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Okay, I'll keep sexually harassing my uh, my coworkers. The more you read about it, listeners, it's just disgusting behavior. And the more you hear about the things that have been uh, investigated and the actual proof that they have, the things that has happened, including a photo of uh, all the guys in the Cosby suite with the, the portrait of Cosby. That's fucked up. And all you can do is sit there and just get mad. And uh, as consumers, you sit there and go, well, I could stop buying Activision Blizzard games. Well, you could be like the, and the downside is, is like I said, the, the head, the heads of the companies aren't going to feel any of this. The worst, the worst happens. The company closed down and the CEO goes somewhere else. The heads of the company go somewhere else where they can make somebody else a ton of money and continue to ignore anything bad that happens within these large corporations. And uh, the other employee, all the employees get let go and then have to find jobs and flagella through life like the rest of us. You know, 2,500 people. So I'm all for a boycott. I've been all for a boycott for Activision for a long time. I don't buy their games now for, you know, for my own specific reasons before this ever took place. But if you've been considered not buying their games, I support it. If you're not going to buy their games, I support it. I know that you're, I know that there's a possibility that it's going to hurt their employees more than it will ever hurt their, their CEOs. But as a company, that shit's got to stop. I don't understand how you can treat people poorly like this. Just treat them like they're nothing. We didn't understand it when they were letting their employees go after having record highs. It's unbelievable that any company can look, can look at the people that work for them and recognize that, Hey, these people make this whole thing happen and then turn around and go, but yeah, fuck them. You know, fucking head of Activision, head of, head of Amazon or former head of Amazon. I should say you guys are like one step away from becoming supervillains. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's, Money makes all the difference here. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, the other week, you know, my wife was watching 50 shades of gray and I walked through the room and I looked at it and I was like, you know, the difference is, is, you know, he's a billionaire. So this is sexy. But if he was just a regular schmuck living in an apartment, yeah. this would be an episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah. Even yeah, even if he looked like that, even if he looked like that, this would still be an episode of Criminal Minds. Absolutely. There, there would be, you know, Netflix documentaries about the serial killer rapist whatever yeah. but he's a billionaire so it's all cool okay because he was a fan fiction you know fucking vampire before they changed it into a billionaire philanthropist who was into snm <laughs> in case you guys didn't know that was actually like uh, 50 shades of gray was actually fan fiction from twilight yeah 
the fucking dialogue. I consider Twilight dialogue in the movie fiction. is fucking terrible enough as it is that the the fan fiction's even in worse. Which one? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll like I'll admit it, listeners. I I you consider oh he doesn't know what he's talking about. I've read Fifty Shades of Grey. Yep, I read it because I wanted to know what the fuck is the big deal. It is awful for one. Yeah. Terribly written. It's worse written than Twilight, and I've read through all of Twilight, all four books, and I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the guy who says he's a fem- feminist, then turns around and fucking harasses women. Fucking drives me nuts. Isn't that fucking weird? Like all these guys are like, I'm a feminist, and it turns out they're all fucking creeps. Listeners ever wonder why that is? Could it just be the fact that they were being fem- they were feminists so they could get in your pants? Maybe, maybe the guy you should be looking for is the guy who's not a feminist. Who sits there and says, yeah, I think women should, you know, women should be able to do all the, you know, all these other things. But uh, she has her limitations, just like guy has limitations. We can't do everything. So I think it's okay to have a normal fucking outlook on life. It's kind of like the, uh, the guy that, and, and I know we all know this guy. I know we all ended up going to high school with at least one. Yeah. The guy who learned how to play guitar calls oh, himself God, a musician. Yeah. But he knows three songs and it's just enough to get laid. Yeah. Yeah. Goes to the quad. You have to play the the, the guitar with your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I still. Uh, so if my old roommate Josh ever hears this, Josh, I love you. But uh, I, I Josh was like that a little bit. Great guy. Actually, amazing musician. But he used to kind of. He kind of got into the aspect of like, oh yeah, I can get a, I can get girls. Like he he didn't understand that. Like he it was almost like he, he was it was a discovery for him. And my old roommate, another old roommate, John was like that. He didn't realize John didn't realize he was a good looking guy and that he actually had game until he got to college. And boy, did that guy have fucking game. <laughs> um, but Josh was like that, and I, I still remember one day like we were joking around and I sat down with him. I was like. He goes, all right, I'm going to like, he's getting ready to pick up his guitar. He was going down to the basement. I knew he was going, I knew he was just going to his room, but I go, I go, all right, I got like, he picks up his guitar. I was like, all right, I got to go to the quad and sing to all the girls. Like, all the girls like a douchebag. And he stops and looks at me. He goes, is that really how I come across? I was like, I, we, all the guys are laughing. And I looked, I was like, like, oh dude, I'm sorry. I was like, you know, I, I, I hurt his feelings. I could tell. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I was like a little bit sometimes. I'm like, but it's funny. Like the difference is you have more, I was like, you have more talent than like 90% of the guys that do that. He goes, huh? And he sat there and thought of it. He's, he never did it again. <laughs> he Don't get me wrong. He would still play at parties and stuff like that, but he was asked to. Yeah. Uh, but it was really, it was really funny. But he, he ne- was, he wasn't he, the guy. He who- wasn't, he wouldn't go, he wouldn't go to like the, the open fucking uh, student union and shit and, and play there anymore. I just laughed. He wasn't he, the guy who'd walk into a party, sit down and make everybody shut up so he could play a song for everyone. No, he would show, he would show up and like, if it was a place that we'd known or, uh, was a friend of his, they would say, Hey man, can you, uh, can you guys play something or anything like that? Like he'd ask the band. So getting back on, you know, getting back on topic, uh, these companies really don't really, they, they really don't learn how to, how to treat their employees any better because they, most of the people who run them haven't had to work in those positions ever, either in their entire lives, or they don't remember it. It's kind of like people in Hollywood. They don't remember when they were the normal people. They remember the struggles. They remember the things that they had to do, but they don't remember how that felt, really. They don't remember how it feels to be a normal person and trying to get through fucking life like the rest of us. So instead, they look down on us. Power. 
Yeah. I'm no longer in that position. So I'm better than you. So I can tell you what to do or I can tell you or I can treat you any way I want. People who become famous in Hollywood, you have this point of you have to recognize whether or not you are becoming this piece of shit or if you are able to turn that that ship around and become a better person and treat those around you with respect. It's okay to be an asshole and funny sometimes, but recognize where your limit needs to be and don't be that all the time. So people in power kind of have the same outlook of like, I don't remember life when I had to work as a grocery clerk. I don't remember when I had to have my first job and I was flipping burgers. I don't remember when I was mowing lawns as a kid uh, and scraping by and trying to make, you know, trying to just make enough money to buy shit, make enough money to pay rent. I don't remember that stuff. So now I have, now I make millions of dollars and I don't really care about everybody else other than myself because this is all for me anyways. So they get this very kind of selfish mentality and as so long as it doesn't hurt them and theirs, they don't care. I mean, do you think like, do you think these CEOs would have stood by if like, let's, let's say they had, they had a daughter and the same shit had happened to them and their employment. Do you think that these CEOs would stand by and let that shit happen? No, no, not even, not even for a fucking second. The people who had done it, like if it was in their own company, the people who had done it would be out on their ass that day. So why do they treat people who aren't their relatives, who aren't their loved ones like they don't exist? Well, because they know the people that, that they're making complaints against and they go, oh, there's no way they would have done that. Oh, they they were just joking around. Well, there's a fine line. There, there's a there's a there's actually not even a fine line. It's just there's a line where a joke is not a joke anymore. Activision Blizzard, I hope you get the shit suit out of you. I hope you guys lose everything as much as I would hate to see all of your employees go. You know what? You got enough there, enough good employees there that I'm sure you, they could they could probably build their own company after you're gone and it'd be a thousand times better. Well, that's kind of what we're seeing from a lot of these triple uh, A developers is uh, creatives uh, breaking off and making their own studios. Yeah. And a lot of the reasons, and that's a lot of the reason why they leave is because the, the way that these large corporations just treat them, they treat them like shit. Oh, you didn't do anything for us. We made you a billion dollar franchise. Shouldn't we see some of those returns a little bit? Nah, make sure the CEO gets his hundred million dollars this year. Yeah, that seems fair. Like, I don't know. Here's the thing. I, like, I would like to think that if I were in that kind of situation, that I would actually be a better person, that I would be the person that I am today and hold to the values of, I made a shit ton of money this year. I don't need the compensation. Can we take all this money and give it to the rest of the company? Give it to everybody else who's underneath me and make sure that they have a good year. <laughs> Yeah, especially if I'm already pulling the kind of salary that they do, I don't need a bigger bonus. Just yeah. give it to the people who are actually doing the work. Yeah. Hundred million dollars. That's a shit ton of money. Yeah, I mean you, you can split it up even more to the you know to the rest of the people who are underneath them. And, and I don't know what the legalities of that would be. Like if they were allowed to do that, I would assume they'd be allowed to within the company. I mean, I distribute think, it as a bonus. Yeah, I think if it's like the CEO getting a bonus and he decides, yeah, I don't need this. Like I'll just give it out to the rest of the company. I think once the check is signed over, yeah. that's his money. He can do whatever he wants with it. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake, the listeners, I don't know if you know this, but uh, president Trump for four years didn't collect a paycheck as a president. If you don't believe me. You can go look it up. He didn't collect one pay one cent from being president. 
he actually donated all the salary to charity. I hope uh, I hope they get the shit suit out of him. I hope Activision and Blizzard is no more afterwards and that you have a handful of really good employees who rise up and go, you know what? We'll steer this ship. We'll finish out these games. And uh, God, I hope EA doesn't buy them. Fuck me. This is another one of those times where I can hop on a bandwagon and say, yeah, you know, fuck them. Let's boycott. I haven't been buying their games for God only knows how long. Yeah, I, I've been I've I've in theory been boycotting both companies for at last, least five years. The last one I actually bought that I wasn't given to me was Destiny uh, 2. No, I, I bought uh, Tony Hawk. That was the one I was like, I. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to turn this away. This is I fucking loved this franchise and I wanted and I wanted this. And it was the moment of my hypocrisy. So that was uh, kind of like when I bought squadrons. Yeah, we're all guilty of it. Listeners where we're just like, fuck, I really, really want that. And as consumers, that wins over over our morals. Does it make you feel bad reflection on it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially with all this shit going on. So if listeners, if you end up having that moment of like, oh, I, I really want this game and you don't turn away Diablo four, even though you had sworn off Blizzard and Activision, I get it. I understand you're human. You're just like the rest of us. You're flawed, just like the rest of us. So, uh, you know, don't look at it as uh, if you end up doing that, don't look at it as uh, I'm supporting the pieces of shit at that company. Look at it as you're supporting the hundreds of developers that actually work under those pieces of shit that still need to make make money and have a job. So, yeah, I mean, I, shit, I'll probably be jealous. Diablo four looks awesome. Yeah. So listeners in other news of uh, companies being sued, uh, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney and uh, it's not over sexual harassment or anything like that. A lot of people find it really entertaining because of how much uh, Disney stands up for women, uh, which we all know is just fucking virtue signaling and, you know, they're, they're a corporation just like any other corporation. They don't care about anybody underneath them. And I shouldn't say all corporations. I should say the larger corporations, the one that make billions of dollars. Yeah, they don't give a shit about their employees, especially if they're in California. Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney over the fact that they had not really stood up or it's 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 contract law. It's, it's based off of a, her contractual agreements with Disney. And the contract that she had signed over was that she would basically work for a certain amount but because they weren't going to match her full salary uh, asking that they were going to give her essentially percentage of proceeds after the movie made up its budget and marketing budget for black widow from theaters that after that, the excess, the, the profits, she would get a certain cut from that. And that would give her that potentially based off of how black, how Marvel movies have been uh, have, have done in the past with theaters how uh, you know Captain Marvel did, how Wonder Woman, all those things uh, have done. They based it off of okay, well, there's a potential that she could that this movie could make. I think the estimate was anywhere up to uh, eight hundred million dollars plus, and she would get a certain percentage of it. It's not a huge percentage, but it was millions of dollars worth for a percentage based off of that that increase alone. So if it made a billion dollars, she would make even more money. But the thing is, the contract did not include, only included if it went to theaters. And since all of COVID took place and stuff like that, they had delayed the movie, delayed the movie. They finally were going to come out in theaters. And she had uh, essentially, I guess, a clause in there saying like it couldn't come to streaming services until it had been in theaters for so long. 
And Disney ignored that and turned around and said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to put the movie out in theaters and right away, we're going to put it on, put it on Disney plus, but her contract does not include making money off of anything from Disney plus. So let's say they made all their money back from the theater and they made all their money in, uh, they made even more with Disney plus included. Let's say they, let's say they made, let's say they even made $500 million, even that that's still millions of dollars worth in her contract. But because they didn't include streaming services in her contract. And since Disney plus is a streaming service, that's not included that all her, all her contract included was box office. So because they didn't include that, she's, she's missing out on money that she could potentially get. Now we don't know the actual numbers of what she would actually get. That, that's probably going to be uh, only disclosed to them and, and Disney, but she's got a fair point. And I think a lot of people are kind of blowing that out of proportion. And in some cases I've heard some, you know, some hyperbolic places kind of go, Oh, you know, this is what you get. This is what you, you know, this is what you get for, for working with Disney. Come on guys. Like, she works, she works just as like, just like any of us, you need, you know, you can't turn around just because Hollywood doesn't recognize the fact that we're all human beings and that we all have different struggles than they do. Doesn't mean that we can't sit there and look at them as human beings and go, yeah, well, they got fucked that, you know, this person got fucked over. Well, and she and got fucked over pretty hard. That's, that's what I was looking at it with this whole situation. You know, they're, yeah. they're fighting over more money than I'll ever see in a lifetime. Yeah. And I think it's ridiculous, but also when you sign a legal contract and then the company just says, no, fuck you. Yeah. You kind of have a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. Fair is fair. Absolutely. Um, now, I will say the one thing that is kind of funny is Disney turning around and throwing COVID in her face, just like all of Hollywood's done to us for for a while. And oh, anytime, like anytime somebody has has done anything. Or said, we need to reopen the country. We need to all get back to work and stuff like that. You had these companies and these fucking ridiculous idiots turn around and going, oh, you can't do that because COVID's killing millions and millions of people. I mean, for God's sake, fucking Kamala Harris tried to tell people the same fucking lie that, that Biden did of 200, 200 million people million died. Americans. No, yeah, no, 200 people million Americans. Americans. Yeah, <laughs> 200, yeah she, she said 200 million Americans died. From COVID and I lost my shit. Went, yeah, in three months. I'm like, we we only have three hundred million people here. Do you realize how much like how amazing of a population change that would be here in the United States? That would that would be an extinction level event. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean by amazing listeners. It it'd be like you'd you'd just you'd notice it. You would absolutely notice the lack of people around you. If you didn't notice, you would probably be one of the people that were dead. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking th- that's a fucking Thanos snap right there. Jesus Christ! Yeah. They act like it's still the end of the world happening, and that's kind of what Disney did back to jo- to Scarlett Johansson. She had brought up the fact that she essentially was she was talking strictly what her contract was, and Disney acted like her or acted like what she was doing was. Uh, a disgrace and it was, you know, out of touch with what's happening in the world because she doesn't recognize that what's been taking place with COVID is the response is, is why that they, why they did this. And they, they wanted her to seem like she was the bad guy. And I sat there and I said, while it's it listeners, if you're a rational human being, the, the response from Disney is 
fucking lunacy because what she's suing them over is strictly what's in the contract. It has nothing to do with COVID. Absolutely zero to do with COVID. It has to do with the fact that they just ignored her contract and ignored what they had talked about and acted like that wasn't a factor and then turned around and, and put the movie on Disney Plus immediately to try and make up any, any money that they might lose because of COVID. They, that's why they claim they did that. But she's talking about the fact that, no, you said in your contract that you would hold off on using streaming services for at least a couple of months. That was it. For at least a couple of months. Try and make as much money as, as, as possible in the box office. And that would be the extra part of my paycheck. And and I didn't read into it, but didn't they do the same thing with uh, Emma Stone and Cruella? Yeah, supposedly uh, they had a similar deal with Emma Stone and Cruella, and she would make a certain amount of the box office. Now, I have my own thoughts on on uh, on that with a uh, with because there's no there's no absolute that that Emma Stone is jumping into the lawsuit. There's a uh, apparently she's in talks about it about the possibility mm-hmm. and reworking what the contract had said, but that's about all the information that we have. There's a possibility it might happen. And there are some people saying, will Emily Blunt be like immediately because it's, because it's women. They went, Oh, is Emily Blunt going to jump in? Because you know, women are the only ones that can, they can ever do this. Well, what if, what if it was Dwayne Johnson listeners? What if Dwayne Johnson had turned around and done the exact same thing had, had sued Disney because that's what his contract said. Like, hey, you guys can't put it in streaming services. You have to give me, you know, some of the box office. Would you see it any other way? Would you see it as, oh, this is a fight for women? Or is it just these are people who got screwed over on their contract and you can take their gender out of it and not fucking worry about it, which is how I see it. A lot of people want to bring it up like, oh, this is a fight for women and Disney doesn't care about women. Disney doesn't care about anyone. (laughs) Like... Do you guys, how do you guys not know that? It doesn't matter if you're a man or woman. They don't care about you unless you are a CEO or someone who is very important in the company. That's all they care. That's the only people they care about. They don't, they don't care about pleasing anybody else. If they cared about pleasing anybody else, Kathleen Kennedy would not be making Star Wars the way she had been making Star Wars. They would have never gotten rid of Gina Carano if they cared about anybody else. So if, if you think Disney cared about anyone after what happened to Gina, uh, wake up call. So across the board, they don't care about anyone. No, they only care about money. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. It's bottom line. So and that's, that's most corporations to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> so with the whole thing with, with, uh, Emma Stone and Cruella, first of all, if Emma Stone is looking at suing Disney over that, if it was in her contract, she has a shot just like, uh, just like Scarlett Johansson. The difference is, is that Cruella was never going to make that kind of money. It was never going to make that kind of money, listeners. I can guarantee you no one was going to see that film in comparison to a Marvel movie. Like, you you maybe have 50% of that audience total. And that's if you're lucky. Cruella was never going to make that kind of money. And yeah, I, I guess the latest one, once again, I didn't read into it, so I don't know all the details. But I guess Gerard Butler is doing kind of the same thing over Olympus has fallen. Okay, he's claiming he's owed uh, like ten million. So yeah, there's a there's a handful of celebrities out there uh, going going after their contracts. <laughs> yeah, like you guys owe me money. Now, listeners, uh, from from the regular standpoint of where we all sit in life, uh, there is also the factor of 
we see that stuff and we go like you you kind of want to stand in front of these celebrities who make millions of dollars every movie and ex- and remind them that you just made more money than I will ever see doing one thing in a year. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't, you know, they don't have their own costs that they have to pay for their own homes and stuff like that. It's expensive to live in California, absolutely. Uh I mean, a lot of them have to pay for their own fucking security because this world is fucking crazy now. And for some reason, we treat our celebrities like they're fucking royalty, which is ridiculous. You have this public image uh, that like it kind of came about in the the 50s and 60s of the public just seeing celebrities as these people that, oh, my gosh, you have to put them up on a pedestal and we treat them completely different than the rest of us. They're still just fucking people. Just treat them as people. That's it. I have never understood, and I, I see this for even politicians, I have never understood the, the way that people treat presidents. They treat them like, oh my gosh, it's the president. Yes, you voted for this person. You pay this person's salary. They are your representative. Why do you treat them like they are any different than anyone else? Now, security aside, I mean, because, you know, Secret Service became a thing because of Incidents that happen with our presidents. Fucking John Wilkes Booth, you asshole. If I could go back in time and kill somebody, that'd be one of the people I'd do. Because of that, like, you have to have security. Okay, that's that that makes sense. But people who sit there and are like, oh my gosh, she touched my hand. Like, fuck you. It's another person. It's a human being. Like, if they were if there were anybody else, would you treat them that way? No. So why do you treat them? Why do you treat somebody you voted for that way? Why do you treat somebody who, who was in a movie? that way oh my gosh i can't believe you're you're who you are yeah, you can appreciate their talent and say you know you i thought you were really good in this i thought you were amazing in this that's fine you can kind of gush over their over their acting abilities the same way you would a musician the same way you would about somebody who's a painter and says oh my gosh man you, your your paintings are amazing your art is incredible that's fine but you don't treat them as anything other than a human being you don't put them up on a pedestal because people fail easily and people fall fast. With regards to like the regular people, you'd want to tell these people who just, you, you know, you just made a million dollars or you just made millions of dollars off of doing one movie. And yeah, I grant it. It was probably hard work. You had a lot of late nights and you probably were overworked in some cases. You were probably treated like shit by the director. Who knows? That's a culture problem within their industry. But you just made millions of dollars. It's more money than I'll ever see. More money than any of us will ever see. And you still want more money. To us, that seems a bit selfish. In their case, it's contract. It's because it's in their contract. And I understand that. Yeah, that one I don't have so much of an issue with. The ones I have an issue with are like fucking Congress pushing for fucking more money or uh, <laughs> Congress fucking, who votes for their own. <laughs> yeah, who votes yeah, they vote own in their own goddamn pay raises. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, you know, athletes that are, aren't happy with the contract that they have. And then they'll go on strike. Oh, we want some more money. I'm like, fuck you. Dynafire. <laughs> Speaking of athletes, uh, even though this is usually not something we talk about, uh, Simone, uh, Biles, uh, dropped out of the U S uh, Olympics and off the U S or U S Olympic team. Um, listeners, I think a lot of places have been really hyperbolic about this and have been given the wrong takes. And this is even from a lot of things, a lot of things that I follow, a lot of people that I normally value their opinion over. 
a lot of stuff have been saying stuff like, oh, you know, she's a quitter and stuff like that. And I sat there going, man, like, again, a human being. And she dropped out because she wasn't in the right mindset for it. And yeah. it turns out for the better. It, yeah. Doing something incredibly dangerous that if you're not in a good headspace, you could potentially best case scenario end up paralyzed. Yeah. You could yeah. hurt yourself. You could hurt your teammates. And you, when I say you hurt your teammates, you could hurt your team. in the fact of if you don't aren't performing at your peak and you're letting your mind get into the game. And that is the, you know, that's something that a lot of, you know, you ever talk to a, a pitcher that has the yips. Fuck. Uh, some, you know, that that's somebody who's sitting there going, they, they don't want to be there. They don't want to be on the mound. They know they're going to let yeah. down the team. They know they're going to let down themselves. So if a person has the option of I'm going to I'm going to bow out, I, there's a reason why these these why the there's a reason why the Olympics have first alternates in the first place for teams. So if a person says, I'm going to drop out, I'm not going to be in this, I'm not in the right mindset, I'm going to hurt my team. I mean, if you saw her vaulting, her, her vault, oh my God, that was terrible. She absolutely was not in the right headspace, and you could see it. So if she wasn't in the right headspace, all she's going to do is hurt her team, so she needed to drop out, so she did. She did the right, in my opinion, she did the right thing. She needs to take care of herself, get in the right mindset, go aside. Now, I... A lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe she considers herself that. Eh, I know a lot about gymnastics, and I know a lot about how these gymnast lives kind of work. And a lot of their lives are dictated by their parents, and a lot of their lives are dictated by their coach. And when it comes to self-promotion and shit like that, a lot of that's pushed on by their own parents or managers and shit like that. Like, oh, you have to put the goat on your, you know, for in her case, you have to put the goat on your your uniform. I don't know if that was her choice or not. I doubt it. If she's if she's got that much of a big head about herself, she wouldn't have she wouldn't have sat there and said, "I'm not I'm going to hurt my team. I'm going to bow out." If she had that much of a head, if that much that much of a big head about herself. Yeah, anybody with that kind of ego would have just tried anyways. Yeah, uh, she would have she would have calling you know calling Kaepernick the shit out of it and fucked up. Yeah, the people giving uh, her shit over you know her uh, her decision to do that just I I immediately equated it I'm like what you know replace her job with a surgeon yeah like you want a surgeon going in and operating on you when they said they're not feeling very uh yeah good? Pilot, <laughs> pilot who has the shakes yeah i want that person yeah. flying <laughs> they should just push through in your case with a doctor push through your fucking arteries just yeah it's a great idea yeah. yeah is it is it disappointing she didn't compete sure yeah but that's that's ultimately her fucking call yeah, like leave her the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, when I when I saw some of the pe- like some of the responses and stuff and some of the things that that people were saying, I was like, man, you guys are way off base. You're taking the whole attitude that's been around her for a long time of she's the greatest gymnast and all this stuff, and you're letting that be the the guide of how you should treat her. Of oh, if you're the greatest gymnast of all time, you should just be able to power through it. Like fuck you, give me a break, human being. Take her off the goddamn pedestal, put her on the ground with her with the rest of us. Still a human being. She might be extremely talented at what she does. Yeah, I remember uh, I heard uh, somebody was like, "Well, you know, it, to me, you know, bowing out like that, does, you know, it doesn't make you a champion." She said, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah, you're right. Champions fucking win shit. <laughs> you know, you don't leave the fucking Super Bowl as the loser and be like, yeah, we're champions.'" <laughs> <laughs> that would Dumbass. be funny though. <laughs> We won. 
that's not what the scoreboard said. <laughs> but fucking uh, what's her name? Uh, it's it's going to bug the shit out of me if I can't remember it. Um, uh, Nadia, Nadia Komunich. Uh, let's say like let's say back in. Uh, I mean, she she used to she she started out back in the seventies. Let's say she decided not to compete because she was having problems, and she did listeners. From what I remember, she actually had uh, a mental break uh, over her weight. Um, she had a horrible time with uh, with trying to keep her her weight at at the level that it was required to for or you know for the Olympics and for training because um, she likes sweets. She ended up becoming, I think, bulimic because of it. Like that's that's not a good headspace. Do you think that's an appropriate headspace for for an Olympic athlete to to be in? Like being bulimic to compete? That's fucked up. That's the thing too. A lot of people don't fucking realize is a lot of Olympians are put under all kinds of stress for you know to to perform. Yeah, and you know from every country, some more so than others. And you should have that fucking option to bow the fuck out, right? You know, it's you're not a fucking civil servant. You know, yeah. It's it's fucking ridiculous how a lot of people reacted to it. And like I got to say, listeners, I have a lot more respect for Simone Biles than I do for the uh, U.S. women's soccer team. Fuck yeah. <laughs> at least at least she bowed out for good reasons. They shouldn't have shown up flat out. They didn't belong there. And it's not because they're women. It's because they didn't they didn't want to be there to represent their country. They didn't want to represent their country to begin with to begin with. Yeah. And that's what you're you're supposed to be there for. Yeah. Um. It it was the whole de- debacle with them that made me go. You know, I don't really care how we do in Olympics this year. Yeah. I was like I really just don't give a shit. We have so many woke athletes that are just complete pieces of shit. I'll say it. They're they're pieces of shit. They don't want to actually be there to represent their country. They just want to be there to represent themselves. And that's that's what it is, is they're there to get the gold for themselves because that represents themselves, not represents the best of their country. Yeah. One, one of them straight up said, I don't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was one of the track stars uh, said that she wanted to place and like burn an American flag on the podium or yeah. something like that. I was like, no, I was like, I would immediately remove you from the roster. If you said that shit. Yeah. Immediately. Right. Like you're not, you're not there to make a fucking message. You know, you're not there to fucking disrespect who you're supposed to be representing. Yeah. These people don't understand that the sixties already happened. They have no idea that the sixties already took place. You realize that that's like that when, when the, the three gentlemen stood stood there on the podium and were placing their fists in the air, that they were placing their fists in the air because of actual injustice. Yeah. Because there was, literally laws against them in their own country. There were laws that said, Oh, well you have to, you have to pass a literacy test in order to, to vote. Well, do the white guys have to do that? Even the, the, the dumbest ignorant people on the planet have to do that. No, no, because of the color of their skin. Yeah. That's doesn't sound fair. We, we don't have laws in this country that say, Oh, because of the color of your skin, you have to show us an ID. No, everybody has to show their ID. That's 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 equality. That's literally equality. That's equal across the board. We don't see anybody different than anybody else. But they act like, oh, well, we've brought back Jim Crow laws. No, we haven't. Not even fucking close. Like, they have no no grasp on reality around them. And they act like because a cup because a uh, a few incidents where a 
police officer overstepped his bounds or where somebody who was racist did something that that represents everything else in the country of millions of people in this country that don't experience that shit on the daily. Right. Suddenly it's the sixties again. And some people are saying, Oh, that's why Simone Biles was making that statement because she couldn't be in the right headspace because she hates America so much. Give me a fucking break. Did she say that? No. Did she say she needed to take care of her mental health? Yes. Did she say that she felt like she was going to bring down her kind or bring down her own teammates and it would be a mark on her country? Yes. And there's a there's a lot of places that I that I follow that have said the exact opposite. They're like, oh, she just bowed out and real real champions like the same shit you were talking about. Miles, real champions don't back down, and it's because she hates America and shit like that. I fucking wrote wrote up my own opinions. Is like you know normally I agree with you on a lot of stuff, but I think right now you were way off the fuck like way fucking off the reservation. Right. You have no clue what the fuck you're talking about. You've clearly never played. You clearly never competed in any actual sports. Because anybody, anybody who's played any sport, and that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're in. You could play esports, listeners, and I think esports aren't a sport. That's 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 my opinion. But that's just my opinion on that. But that doesn't change the change the fact that like if you play a game and you play with your buddies, and you're not in the right headspace, you can fuck up the rest of the team. And I've done that multiple times. I've been able to recognize it sometimes and go, I gotta stop. I'm fucking you guys up and nobody's going to win with me. You know, I was playing, uh, this goes back to when we were playing destiny a while back with uh, Steve and miles and we were playing in trials and I was, I was, I knew I was bringing down the team cause I was sucking ass. And eventually I just told the guys like, I, I, I'm not, we're not going to win with me cause I keep screwing shit up. Steve is usually got an amazing outlook and he's usually really encouraging. So he's like, you know, that's all right. You know, we'll, we'll pick up the slack. Miles is more of like, well, I'm just here because you guys are here. <laughs> I shut up because everybody else. I shut up to the party because everybody else was here. And I just figured, all right, I'll just go along with the group. But you can tell, like, sometimes you can tell when you're you're, you're bringing down the team and you're like, well, I'm not going to help you guys out. It'd be better off if we could find somebody else to take my place. And that's what she did. So listeners, if you watch that and you've been sitting there going, oh, I can't believe it. You know, that's completely un-American. Because when is doing the whatever the fuck you want, not American. <laughs> Right, what's <laughs> more American than that? Do whatever the fuck you want. Do what do what you want to do. That's American. I don't know of any other Amer- more American attitude than I've ever heard of. Uh, in other in other news, that's also in sports. The Kansas City Chiefs are retiring their mascot, and uh, they say that they're going to use it as a or continue to use the platform or their platform as a way to educate people. And I sit there and go, "You were called the Chiefs, guys." Like. Technically, your mascot never made any sense because if you had a whole bunch of chiefs and not enough Indians, there's a reason why there's that saying. And I'm pretty sure that saying's probably considered racist now, too. Never mind the fact that it's a true saying. Uh, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. That idea around that, listeners, is that you have a bunch of leaders who don't have anybody else to lead. And they're all trying to take charge. So Kansas City Chiefs, all of you being chiefs made no sense. Uh, if you had been called the Kansas City Indians like the Cleveland Indians, that would have made more sense than anything else. So, uh, but they've gotten rid of their, they've gotten rid of their mascot. The Indians have gotten rid of the Indians and now they're just the Kansas or the Cleveland guardians. It's like I said, when that got posted in the group chat, if you have to change a name to keep Twitter happy, they could have done so much worse. Dude, have you ever asked somebody? And I think I brought this on the podcast before. Have you ever asked somebody who sits there like the Indians need to change their, need to change their, uh, their name and their mascot. It's, it's racist. And you ask them to describe how the mascot looks. They will tell you the most racist 
nonsense that you've ever heard of that isn't that that has never been on the logo. Like I had I had a guy tell me like yeah, it's it's got buck teeth and this big gap and and uh, you know a, a massive a gigantic nose with like a, a a word on it. Like I've had people tell me this shit and I'm like none of that shit is on there. What the fuck are you talking about? You're describing the Wicked Witch of the West, right? <laughs> What what the fuck do people see? So is it because they're just racist themselves or they've just been misguided by other people telling them that it's racist? You know, when political correctness came around, like there were good things about it. And then there were a lot of stupid things about it. Well, and I've said this before, you know, I feel like a lot of these things are rooted in a really good idea. And then they just swing way too far. Yeah. Like we, we hit Road to sweet- hell paved with good intentions. I, I can see where a lot of these things started out. And we, we hit a sweet spot and then it just goes totally batshit. Yeah. Most of it's what's really funny is most of it's written by a bunch of white people mm-hmm. who were never offended by anything in the world. And then suddenly went, oh, but they might be offended by this. Oh, we should change that. Yeah. Yeah. So Cleveland is now the Guardians. Um, the uh, Washington is still just the Washington football team, which is fucking hilarious. I hope they stay that. Yeah. Forever. I, I hope they stay that way forever. Your fan one, your fans didn't fight enough, and two, uh, you deserve it, <laughs> just because that's fucking stupid. It, not to not e- not even to like to not even educate people on why you were called the Redskins. Which listeners, if you if you want to know, Redskins was not a derogatory term until someone in the uh, 20th century decided it was a tw- it was a derogatory term. And I'm saying 20th century because we're now in the 21st. But uh, back in the 20th century, they decided it was a derogatory term. Uh, the term Redskins came from the fact that uh, the the Native Americans wear wore red paint. The Indians wore red paint on their skins for going into battle. Specific uh, Indian nations, I should say. And that's what it was based off of. Because they would paint themselves red going into battle. <laughs> had, nothing to do, had nothing to do with the actual color and tone of their skin. It's like educating somebody on uh, the origins of slavery and they find out that white people weren't the first people to own slaves. <laughs> like what what do you mean it wasn't a white invention (laughs) no no we got that from other nations that had done that for centuries no you know centuries hundreds hundreds of years before we ever got there other people were doing it way before we did yeah (laughs) ancient egypt we just made it more profitable that's all yeah europe may europe came along and went wow we can actually make money off of this we can sell to other other countries oh there you go not even an american invention that may in that matter dutch (laughs) (laughs) so uh i look forward to the uh to notre dame changing their uh their name to the fighting whiteys god i hope that happens (laughs) i fucking i really do i want to see it happen i want to be i want to see them being called the fighting whiteys because calling them the fight the fighting irish is is too specific and it's uh it's derogatory i'd be like all right we're gonna call ourselves the fighting whiteys (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if they're not going to do it, that's what I'm going to call them from now on. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, if a basketball team came along and called themselves the crackers. And it was based off of the derogatory term. While it's a derogatory term, I don't think I'd care. It's like if a team came around and I'd started laugh. calling themselves the honkies. <laughs> yeah, right. Call yourselves the honkies. Okay. Fuck, man. I might actually become a fan if that was the case. Right? <laughs> You so honky? you can have a jersey. Yeah. <laughs> honky ass, honky. Get yourself over here, honky. But 
I, I have a sick sense of humor, so like, I don't know. So other people might find it offensive. I don't know. I have no <sighs> idea, but fuck them. People find people find uh, like everything offensive. Whatever. It's all. It, it all comes down to. Was it offensive because you thought it was offensive, or was it offensive because it was generally found founded in uh, in, a, in an offensive nature? Was it ever meant to be offensive to begin with when it was created? Did they choose the Indians because the Indians were known as the tribe and they had a camaraderie amongst them that they were all war, you know, and, and many were warriors. Is that why the Cleveland Indians chose them as their mascot? Listeners, I'm not saying that the that racism didn't exist back when these things were created, but were they chosen out of racism? Were they chosen because they were they were they were sitting there like, oh, we wanted to choose them because we wanted to make fun of them? No. That that would be ridiculous. Why would why would you want a mascot that you can make there that you that represents your team that you make fun of? That's stupid. The Florida Seminoles they chose the Seminoles because that's a mascot that they that they respected and they wanted a mascot that could be feared. They were warriors. The Seminole Vesicles. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fucking stupid. Like this whole mentality that we've gotten into of everything needs to be changed and and fixed because of things that were racist, the things that, that were racist at the time existed. Well, that wasn't the, the motivation behind everything we did. Race wasn't the, the motivation behind everything we did throughout any country's history. It's not. Yeah. I mean, if that were the case, the world would be a very, very different place. Anyways, enough of me on, uh, on my fucking soapbox. When it comes down to it, listeners treat people as people, people are people. They shouldn't be put up on, on, on pedestals. They shouldn't be treated anything differently other than the fact that they're another human being. Human beings are flawed. All of us. Every single one of us. So recognize that human beings are flawed. Recognize that a lot of human beings aren't going to do things that you expect them to do uh, the way they do. But we should correct We should correct each other. We shouldn't treat each other as shit. I see that. Like I see everything that's going on in the industry. I see everything thing that's going on in politics. I see everything that's going on in sports. And when I say the industry listeners, I'm talking about the gaming industry. You see everything in entertainment and you're going, man, like you guys are so freaking out there. Like everybody's trying to appease every little group on, on Twitter and they're ignoring the whole and going, what if we just didn't do this stuff? What if we just didn't like, what if we, you know, what if instead of Activision virtue signaling say, we care about all women and, you know, actually did that. And didn't just turn around and tell all their employees, oh, no, you're off base. There's no way that that person sexually harassed you. Oh, they've had 14, 14 complaints from other people. Ah, that, that, that didn't take place. What if they actually took that shit seriously and actually investigated it? Actually hired somebody to investigate it. Too fucking easy to do the right thing. Right? What if people actually practiced what they preach? They'll almost be like we'd all be honest. <laughs> And good people. But companies don't do that. Companies see the bottom line. And they see that they make money and that that's the only thing they care about. But we still made money. Well, we then we don't need to change our behavior. Okay. Uh, that's not really what we were going for, but all right. Same thing for politicians. Politicians will sit there and tell you and promise you the fucking moon and never deliver on it because the the second they get into office, they forget all about those promises that they made and all those things that they said they were going to do. Suddenly, everything else becomes, oh well, I have my own agenda for this. So, oh well, I want to I want to go with this agenda. 
uh, because this is what my party wants. Okay, well, that's not what we were going for either. You know, you have politicians who sit there and run for a district and then don't, they never, they never see their district again and never, never do anything for their district. And they spend all their time fucking on committees and shit out in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, the rest of their community is falling apart. AOC, when was the last time you actually spent time in your own district? And she just, she'd just tell you some fucking lie. Yeah, that's the real fucking kicker, isn't it? Yeah. You have a fucking elected rep, you know, quote unquote, elected representative for your area. That doesn't live in your area, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's not just for her listeners, but no, she's the she's no. the more famous one that people know of. Yeah. And uh, it's easy to just say, where, when was the last time she got in her? She, you actually saw her in her district. When was the last time you actually saw her doing anything for her district? When was the last time, listeners, you saw any politician you ever voted for in your district doing things for your for for your your district? They they were voted for. For, for you to help you out. Like you get the, they're, they're sent out to Washington to represent your district in a lot of matters, but are they actually pushing for things that are beneficial for you and yours for you and the people around you? It's really hard to see when, when you see them participating in panels that have nothing to do with you, that have nothing to do with what's happening uh, in your, your corner of the world. But the only reason why they're on those panels is because, Oh, it makes them important makes them seem important to their party. And that's more important to them than you. They, they don't give a damn about you anymore. You already voted for them. Why would they fucking care about you? Let's go ahead and move on to actual talking about actual games and stuff that we've been playing. So listeners, really quick, uh, I'm going to go back before we talk about... I said, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to take you back when Need for Speed was handed over to Ghost, the developers, and Ghost had worked on Need for Speed... Uh, wasn't uh, was it Hot Pursuit? Was that the first one they were given? And that was a that was a good game. That was a lot of fun, and a lot of people loved it. And it had a very different feel than most of the. Uh, it had an old school feel to it because it was more like the older Need for Speeds, where it was just about racing and having fun. There was no story involved in it, and that was somewhat refreshing because they had been kind of fumbling around with a story for a while. And then they came out with. Uh, a lot of people are sitting there going, well, I do miss the stories. I miss uh, Most Wanted, and they've never really hit that that stride with Most Wanted again. So they had the Underground series, which was fantastic, and then they moved to, to, to Most Wanted, which kept that kind of idea. Now, I will say, if anyone from EA is listening and you want to make me a hypocrite again, remaster the Underground games. Underground and Most... Like, Go underground, underground two, and most wanted. Remaster and I, all three of those. I will buy I those buy in a heartbeat. Yeah. No question, yeah. no hesitation. Uh, that would be uh, that's a Mass Effect uh, trilogy moment. Yeah, that that's a that's a Mass Effect trilogy instant bought. Like as soon as it went up for pre order, done. Yeah, Miles probably wouldn't pre order it, but listeners, if he found out that the game worked and didn't have any uh, didn't have any major problems, he'd probably buy it too. Yeah, I loved the cars I fucking made in Underground too. I've I've oh, yeah. fucking sweet fucking cars. <laughs> There's a lot of fun. So Underground 2 kind of nailed their overall aesthetic of like upgrading cars, upgrading the look of them. You made some sweet shit. Now imagine those mechanics coming over and like, uh, you know, Most Wanted had, had a majority of that. It didn't have all of the customization that you had or all customization capabilities you had in Underground. So imagine those things coming up into today's world where you can customize so much more and bringing in a lot of elements from Forza. The customization you can do with the engine, stuff like that, into 
the underground universe and you'd have a probably the most solid game in the need for speed franchise ever. But then ghost, instead of continuing with that and bringing back some of the classics and like, cause they brought back hot pursuit and people were like, man, this is kind of cool. Ghost decided, okay, we're going to, we're going to try and do the story based gameplay again. And God damn, did they fail shit? It is so bad. And, uh, in some of them and like I played so listeners I've been playing through and the reason why I brought this up is because I've been playing through uh, Need for Speed Payback and the physics are so fucked off and it's because of the Frostbite engine I guarantee it the physics are so fucked off it's like you're driving on ice in one moment and then you're driving on concrete the next it's, it's fucking weird uh, it's so wonky the cars don't control right nothing feels about it nothing feels right about it and it doesn't even feel right for an arcade style racer and you you put that you put that up against the fact of imagine the cop cars in Hot Pursuit only imagine them a thousand times more aggressive and really you know this is kind of like Need for Speed Heat this has the same problem of the cops are just so fucking aggressive you're just like Jesus Christ guys calm the fuck down and in Need for Speed Payback it's based off of it's based off of your car's build your your car's build so if you go into a uh, into a portion of the game and you have like this super fucking souped up car, which I've had for a while uh, going into it, it will boost everything else up in that when the cops start chasing you up to that level for pursuit. And it's like you have, you have cars that suddenly have like you, you start leaving cars in the dust and you have freaking uh, normal sedan cop cars that have at least easily over a thousand horsepower because they're fucking just catching up to you. Like it's nothing. This guy was a thousand yards back and he just sped up like he was a road runner and I was Wiley Coyote blew by me and then slammed me and slammed my ass into the wall or him and his buddy gang, you know, come up and gang bang the shit out of me until my car is uh, up on top of their cars and I can't move anywhere. And uh, you look at these, you look around and you're like at all these bad choices and you go, this is why developers need to play their games. After that, they made, uh, I believe they've made heat and uh, heat. While he is is a better game than Payback, uh, it has better physics and everything like that. It's still and also they got rid of the card system. That was the that by the way, the listeners that was the dumbest idea in the history of ideas. I don't know how anyone at EA didn't immediately go. That's a stupid idea. You're upgrading your car using a slot machine and fucking cards, and the cards are just kind of a random toss of the toss of the dice of what benefits you get from it. Does that sound like how cars are fucking tuned? Does that sound like how you upgrade a car at all? Sounds like going to the mechanic would be a lot more entertaining, though. <laughs> hey, I need uh, I need new brakes. Need, all right, go pull the arm and see what you yeah, get. I need a gear. I need a new gearbox. All right, well, uh, just so you know, your gearbox might affect your speed, your shifting, your uh, your acceleration, your nos, uh, your brakes. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Oh my god, this is fucking ridiculous. Like you can tune the cars the way you want to. That's what the, that's what a car game is for. And Payback took away all that and putting these this card slot machine. And I guarantee you, listeners, it's because they wanted to sell you uh, these points that you have to use or that you can you can buy in order to pay for packs that give you uh, customer, you know, visualization unlockables, things like uh, effects for the Venus and stuff like that, horns and things like that. 
But on top of that, you also get these tokens, and the or the the tokens are cha- are trade in cards, and you get a certain amount of them every time you buy one of these packs, or every time you get one of these packs. Now you can get these packs naturally through the game by just playing the game and grinding the shit out of the game in order to get them, which is what I've been doing. Or you can buy them, and I guarantee you the incentive back when the game came out was we want you people to buy them because it costs money and it, it's a microtransaction, and that's why we do the cards because when you take the cards of, as the trade ins, every three you get one spin of the wheel for a new card. Mm-hmm. And I sat there going, "This is a fucking scam." Or you and I sat just there, pay me five bucks and get what you're looking for. Yeah, that's and that's the thing is like I sat there, I'm like, like this is a fucking scam. You did this because you wanted to make extra money. It had nothing to do with this was a cool car mechanic and, or, you know, a cool mechanic to having a car or a car game. And I can't believe I can tell you, Justin, if you hear this, I cannot believe you liked this. You liked this, this game, this system. That is the shittiest car upgrade system. Come on, son. Come on. Forza is just the Forza is the creme de la creme, in my opinion, of upgrade systems for, for car games. It's. It's just you're you're looking for a little like there there's a line of like you want realism and you want fake so you want hyper realism and you want realism. Yes, I I want there to be a good mixture and Forza Horizon nails that shit. There is a degree of realism and a degree of uh complete just lunacy involved. I mean you can't do this shit in cars. That's that's fucking like some of the jumps you do that that would kill a human being. Absolutely kill yeah. a human being. Instantly, they were, they would completely blow up the fucking vehicle. Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> would have nothing left from some of the jumps you do, but it's fun and it's supposed to be completely like lunacy in that aspect. But you have the realism of the cars and how they interact on the road, how they change from going to from going from gravel to, uh, you know, loose gravel to, to grass to even just going from that to sand. You have it, you know, different terrains that cause the car to feel different. And everything feels fun, but Need for Speed still doesn't do any of that. You'll Need for Speed, it's oh you're driving on you're driving on on dirt. Oh, it's like driving on ice. Everything is taken into account in Forza, where it's not in Need for Speed. And the thing is, is Need for Speed is a driving game. Even if it's arcadey, it's still a driving game, and it needs to have some of these things taken into consideration. But I don't know if it's a limitation of the engine or just a limitation of what the developers are allowed to do because they're they're basically you know mandated by EA when they're supposed to come out with a game. So I understand why people sat there and they said I will never let you know I'll never buy another game that Ghost makes again and all that stuff because they can't make a proper Need for Speed and I gotta wonder is it the developer or is it the, the publisher that's causing this? Because the cards thing, that was not a developer choice. There's no way they, as a developer, sat there and thought this was a good idea. Which is why I said, I can't believe anybody at EA would say, this is a this is a good idea. Until you realize it's for microtransaction. Then you go, oh, this was mandated by EA. EA wanted to make sure we were spending more money in the game and wanted to have a way for us to do that. That's exactly what it was. EA's EA's motivations and the stuff that happens within their games, you have to understand that this publisher puts a lot of pressure on their their developers to come up with ways to make extra money. And so that ends up turning their games into these weird bastardized versions of what they were supposed to be. You know, Battlefront was given this crazy ass loot mechanics and the developers tried to defend it as much as they could because that's their job. 
they're supposed to try and defend it because EA's told them you have to find a way to make more money in this game. We know that that conversation happens because of what happened with Amy Hennig. When they were told that, oh, nobody's going to buy a, a single player open world Star Wars. Uh, we need to find a way to put in extra microtransactions and shit. Like, I mean, she, it was it was something so bad that she fucking left the company. They didn't want to make a game. They wanted to make a slot machine. And that's exactly what they do. They try to make as much money off of us as possible. And that's the things that dictate a lot of their games. So that's the reason why I bring this up is because as more and more games come out, this whole idea of, of EA not charging market or not putting microtransactions in there uh, in their games, it becomes suspect again after. So you had Jedi Fallen Order, and you think, oh, they finally learned their their lesson, and then they turn around and make sports games that are just as monetized as ever. You find out that they have monetization practices that are completely egregious, like selling off card, you know, selling off card, specific card packs to people for thousands of dollars. Uh, their developers making money on the side of it, which means that some of their developers are just as guilty as the company is. Uh, and then you have Battlefield. That's coming out and battlefield uh, 2042 is going to have microtransactions in it, in it as well as you it's guaranteed that's going to be in there the game's only multiplayer can you think of any other reason why they'd only go multiplayer with it is it to make sure you have a fun game and it's an entertaining game and they constantly play for hours and hours and hours or is it because they went oh well you know our uh, our campaigns are good. People buy buy the game and, and do play the campaign. But, you know, they really spend a lot of time in the multiplayer. And we can make sure people spend all, all their time in the multiplayer and make as much money as we can off of them with map packs or anything like that. Now, I don't know if they're going to do the, su- the stupid idea of splitting up their ca- their gamer base again, again with map packs because that ruined uh, their franchise for a while. Yeah. Made uh, uh, Battlefield 1 damn near unplayable. Yep. Uh, so glad I coughed up 40 bucks for a map pack that I got to play one play map, one map once. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see if they, if they do anything as bad as fucking loot crates, but they had crates in battlefield one, but you were, you were giving them as drops every now and then you could pay for them, but you were giving as drops every now and then. And, uh, I don't see that changing really as we go forward. I, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what kind of, issue pops up in the future with 2042 and uh, how they try to monetize the shit out of that. So, uh, and I, I'm still curious to see if they're ever going to make another need for speed after the failures that they've had and whether or not they're going to actually hire somebody who's going to be willing to do what we say should be done, which is bring back underground and most wanted. Yeah. Bring back, bring back what was actually fun. Remember what was actually fun and bring that shit back. Yeah, because, I mean, to me, at least for visual customization, yeah, no other racing game has hit what Underground 2 had. And That's to right. a lesser extent, uh, Most Wanted. Right. I mean, I, I get where you're going to, like, on a mechanical standpoint. Yeah, Forza wins by a fucking mile on that. Oh, yeah. But, like, the I have yet to play another racing game where I sat down with a customizer and thought, oh, man, this is you know, underground two levels of good. Yeah. Anyways, I went on way too long with that, but I still, I wanted to talk about it just because I've been playing a lot of payback and that game is fucking atrocious. <laughs> uh, and listeners, if you're wondering why I'm trying to, why I'm playing is because I'm just, I'm just trying to get through the story. I'm literally just trying to blow through the story and finish it as fast as I can. 
Uh, I, I'm not worried about collecting a bunch of cars. I'm not worried about souping those up. I just want to get through the story. Uh, cause I've had it for a long time. I got into a certain part in the story every fucking time. And I always quit cause it, the game's just complete crap. And I finally blew past that. I'm getting closer to the end. So I just let's get it done. Let's get it out. Finish. So we've been playing ascent, which is a top down, uh, top down cyberpunk Diablo. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so it's available on game pass. If you have game pass, it's worth a shot. If you do not have Game Pass and you are looking at Game Pass just solely for this game, you are purchasing Game Pass for the wrong fucking reason. Yeah. I saw a review in there and I laughed about it with Miles yesterday and the fact that somebody felt bad because they had asked their friend to get Game Pass and spend $10 for the month just to play that game with them. And the online is shit. The co-op system does not work very well. It is very, very, very glitchy uh, on... Whether or not it will join us into a game, sometimes it will uh, keep you on a loading screen. Sometimes it will have a lot of. Uh, in Miles's case, he will hear a helicopter uh, whenever <laughs> I'm near him uh, because there's a lot of audio problems uh, with playing with other gamers. It seems to have a much bigger issue on the consoles versus the uh, the PC version uh, when it comes to experiencing glitches more often when playing with somebody from a PC. So if like you're on a console and those issues seem to compound even more so, you know, the, with the more varied uh, systems, because yeah. you and I had our own issues, but then we had uh, Anderson in and he's on another uh, system yeah. and it seems like there's even more issues. So it, it gets worse and worse. The more platforms you have. Yeah, so you have PC and and console. And when it was just Miles and I, you had PC and Xbox Series X. E, e, they're they're able to talk to each other. Things go mostly smoothly. Yeah. But there's still issues here and there where you have audio glitches where um yeah, certain slowdown you'll, of, you'll you'll mag dump for no fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. You'll mag dump the uh, textures won't, you know, textures on uh, levels won't load very quickly. Uh, and that's specifically on the console and, and I'll start moving around on the PC and it's because the PC's already done loading and the console yeah. hasn't caught up yet. In some cases I'll be sitting there on a load screen with nothing there to tell me how long, we're, how long it's going to take. And it's because I'm waiting on the consoles to catch up. Yeah. Because they're taking a lot, they're taking a lot longer to load, um, and that got even worse when we you go back another generation. So with my equipment the way it is now, my my build the way the way it is now, my operating system and the game running off of my operating system running off of an NVMe, my game running off of an NVMe. So I have essentially an Xbox Series X with just a little bit faster than an Xbox Series X, right? That works with an Xbox Series X and it seems to work for the most part like I said listeners fine so you have two current gen systems and they're trying to talk to a last gen system yeah and I don't even want to think about what it's going to be like with Loach on the 1S on the 1S yeah um you know are you the the game has a lot of good things going for it. It it visually and aud- audibly it's it's great. It you know looks and sounds fantastic when it's working yeah. fine. Um, the 
gameplay mechanics pretty simple and solid. You know, you know, given all its issues, it, sadly, it's still one of the more solid uh, day one releases we've had as of late. Yeah, listeners, and we uh, put this at like currently. I put this as kind of like a middle of a road experience. Yeah, and you know, and I can I can allow for some things too, just because it's a smaller dev team. Yeah. Um. So you know, I give it a lot more credit than you know I would with uh, uh, what was that fucking uh, what was that other one? Dark Alliance. Dark Alliance. Yeah, oh, yeah. the fucking Dark Alliance release was fucking just dog shit comparatively. Um, <laughs> that that game, like the developers look made that it it made that development team look bad, and they should feel bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it has a lot of things that it needs to polish and patch uh i yeah. think it's i think it's going to be a solid game uh once it gets a little bit more uh attention and care i don't know how yeah. long that's going to take given the need a couple dev size to cook, though. yeah um you know loot system is leaves something to be desired it's not as uh robust as say diablo but you know, if it's on Game Pass and you've got a system that can run it fine, uh, it's it's worth a go. Yeah, and a message to the developers when it comes to the ray tracing: your ray tracing is bought or bogs down the system too much for PCs, um, especially for the game that it is. Um, listeners, if you're playing this on PC and you're looking at it, and like you have a let's say you have an, RT, uh, an RTX, even the 20 series, um, I have a I have a 30 series, and it is. There are certain things in it that take, they give it like too much of a graphical hit, and it's usually like when you have too many particle effects going on, or you have uh, a lot of explosions happening in the game. It causes the game's FPS to just tank, and I believe the developers can clean that up easily by just using DLSS and uh, FSR. So, um, Div Team, you guys need to look into implementing DLSS and FSR into the game. Uh, FSR for the uh, AMD players and uh, DLSS for the uh, NVIDIA players. Which um, which they did come out and say that they are already working on a fix for the DLSS. Okay. Um, so um, that's, well, you know, th- they're not being silent about it, thankfully. But Yeah, and hopefully the uh, the AMD players out there are going to get a uh, an FSR uh, fix for it. So And another thing it really needs is uh, co-op progression. Yeah. Because uh, not not <laughs> getting any credit for what you do aside from just loot and experience is really old. Like it, yeah, that co-op progression has has worked for quite some time now, and there's no reason for it not to be implemented in this. Yeah, it's rare when we come across stuff like that, but it happens every now and then. And when we do, it's massively disappointing because that's a listeners. That's a that's a gameplay uh, mechanic that you you having your own uh, progression apart from your your co-op friends that has that kind of went away a long time ago. I yeah. mean, I mean, co-op progression has been around at least since Diablo 2. Yeah, I was yeah, just about to say same, same, the same earliest thing. I can think of offhand. <laughs> it's it's not something that's actually new. So yeah. when you have co-op progression being something that's an old mechanic, think of how old the other mechanic <laughs> so yeah if if that's what we're experiencing now that's an, that's something that really needs to be addressed and should have been addressed before the game even released but also needs manual saves 
Uh, yeah, definitely needs manual saves. God, it needs manual saves. Uh, the idea of depending on a check system for any game at this point in my life, uh, you know, unless it's a racing game, racing game is kind of understandable. But when you don't have that and you have an auto system, an auto save system for a game that has a full campaign. Ooh, that that gets into it's what what if something sketchy. happens? Yeah, yeah it gets kind of sketchy. What if something happens to my drive? What if something happens with the file, you know, <laughs> save file getting corrupted? Especially for a game that, you know, we've ran into a few times now where it doesn't let us quit the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, that so. was that was a weird one, listeners. We so like we had an instant where an instance where we literally tried to leave the game and it just it, we'd quit. Yeah. It would just keep running. And this this happened on both PC and console. That's a problem. Oh, yeah. I've we've had a few times where it's got uh, stuck in the load screen where both of us had to quit out. Yep. Which is usually a big fucking no no, so yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, especially well, especially if uh, on my end, I don't I don't get the load bar. On your end, when you're seeing a load bar, goddamn, that's that's a little sketchy. Cause oh yeah, you you you're told so many. We're told so many times, don't turn the game off if you if you see this symbol, or don't turn the game off if you see a load bar. Yeah, because it can corrupt the save, and that absolutely is true, listeners. That can happen, especially in a in a save system that's a save that's saved by checkpoints yeah if you only have one save that's that's absolutely a possibility so you know needs needs polish needs needs a lot of little things a lot of little touches that it's missing just spit on it a little bit it'll work do it <laughs> i played uh the microsoft flight simulator on the series x looks and sounds good <laughs> uh there's a little bit it's of body pop- in places yeah uh, a lot of uh bit of pop in on distance but given the draw distance it's actually pretty negligible to me yeah um load times from hell uh <laughs> also i i don't know if this i i didn't play it long enough to to really get a full feel for it but you know you get x amount of planes to mess around with and mm-hmm. you know they have a marketplace in there and i saw one like one plane was like 15 bucks i was like uh that's kind of shit in my opinion but you know whatever yeah. uh yeah i'm i'm terrible at flight sims so it's not something i'm going to stick with but you know if you're curious if it works on the series x yeah it works <laughs> and it looks good but you know i'm i'm not great at it and Given uh, Microsoft's issues with stick drift, I, there were times when I didn't know if the plane was veering because of stick drift, uh, which I hope not because I was using the, uh, the the Elite controller, or if I was getting affected by wind or anything of that nature. Gotcha. So, um, I also there was the one that uh, I didn't get to address last week, uh, Atomic Crops. Uh, it's a roguelite uh, with farming, essentially, as your your monetary gain in the game. It's tough. It's, it's cool and it's funny, uh, especially the intro. If you load it up, it's a really good laugh. But it's not an easy game. But if you were like roguelites, yeah. it's up your alley. Gotcha. Um, did I do a full review for last stop last week? I don't remember. I don't think I finished the game yet. Um, uh, you hadn't finished the game. So listeners, I finished last stop. I would not play that game again. And it's because of the story. 
So listeners, you you know when we had this conversation a while back of the fact of you know when you play or watch something and you're in it for this in this and the story is the main reason to be there and it doesn't stick the landing and ending can ruin anything. And we had this happen with an anime series uh, not too long ago where the ending just falls off or it's just not a good payoff. And you're like, well, the ending makes up the, or the ending ruins the rest of the show. This is one of those situations where the ending is just not a good payoff. You have one for each character. Only one of them is decent. And even if you choose, it doesn't matter which one, which choice you make, the ending is, is relatively livable uh, for one. And another one is better than the other. However, for the other two characters, it feels like, okay, one of them has gone through enough of a traumatic moment in their life that you're just like, they, they need to have some, there needs to be some kind of win here. And you just don't get it. Another one is you didn't really care about the character for the entire time, but they're finally going to get their life together. It seems like at the end and regardless of which one you, which uh, choice you make, it's a shitty payout. Like there's this, this is just a shitty situation and it's kind of depressing. So because of the two, the the other two endings, you just kind of feel like, well, that wasn't real. I, well. I felt like it wasn't worth playing uh, in the first place, because the two the the endings are so just kind of uh, really, and one of them has kind of a moment out of character where you're just like this, like this just seems fucking uncreative and badly written in the end, and. It starts out, the game starts out strong. It has like this outer limits kind of twilight feel to it. Twilight zone. Uh, I didn't finish that out. Should have said twilight zone. Sorry. Uh, I'm trying to imagine how this game would be like that though. Uh, sparkly people. Yeah, very, very sparkly. <laughs> Donut glazed. Um, no, it's got a. It's got an outer limits twilight zone feel to it. And you're kind of intrigued with what's going on. There's a lot of neat things going on between two of the characters at the beginning. One of them, not so much, but that that's more of a buildup for later events. And by the time you get to the seventh chapter, oh, I do want to say like some of the chapters are super, super fast. Like I finished one chapter in less than two minutes. And I felt like I missed something or I had done something earlier in the game choice wise that kind of fucked up that chapter. Like that's why the chapter went so fast. No, it turns out none of your choices, none of your dialogue choices really matter at all. None of them throughout the entire game. It doesn't change anything for the endings. It doesn't create a different kind of ending for you. It's not like telltale where an earlier decision can affect the ending later. They want to be telltale. Just, it doesn't have that kind of, it doesn't have that kind of dramatic system for it. It's very much, this is the narrative we want to tell. This is the story we want to go. This is where you're going to get to. And there was actually one bit where I, you know, listeners, last time I, I talked about the game where there's some questionable gameplay choices where you kind of take control of the character for some sections and then the game plays for you in other sections. And then you're given like a second to, to walk the last 10 steps for no reason to go into another cutscene. That shit still happens throughout the game. And there's even one point where I just said, fuck it, I'm not going to move anywhere. I'm going to have this entire conversation and see what happens. So my character goes out the door, starts having a conversation. I go through the entire conversation tree without moving the characters at all to where I'm supposed to go. And after the conversation tree was over, it skipped us to the neck to the checkpoint where we're supposed to be walking and then on to the end of the end of the walk. It just moved my character for me. So thus making the walk completely pointless for that entire section. I could have just, you know, concentrated on I, like the game could have played for me and I could have concentrated on dialogue is what I'm getting at. 
it's just a lot of it's a lot of questionable gameplay choices. A lot of people find the gameplay really strange. I do too. Um, it's not very well thought out in that in that aspect. I get that it's a small team working on this, but if you're gonna make a game that's like a Telltale game, make a Telltale game. Right. Don't don't fuck around with it. Don't try to come up with these other ridiculous aspects of it. Just make a Telltale game. Yeah, I played I played a little bit of it, and I I got annoyed with the uh, oh you know you walked five steps. Like that's that's what you gave me control of the character for. Like, what the fuck was the point? <laughs> yeah. Where you know it gives you gives you three or four dialogue options that all say the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Just a different flavor of saying it. I'm like, really? Yeah, I've tested that out. Uh, where it's literally like it's a different it's a different wording on all three. Listeners, I went back and replayed those those portions and Nope, it didn't matter what I chose. It was all the same thing, just slightly different uh, variants and cadence. That was yeah. like, okay. How do you well, want to insult this person? Where's yeah. my option not to insult them? <laughs> Where's my option to not say anything? Well, if you don't say anything, it just cho- And in some it cases for where you. you don't say anything, it just chooses for you. So you can just let the game play for you Like at that point. It's kind of dumb. So you go through all that stuff, and then you go up to, you go through the six chapters for each character, and then you have the seventh chapter, which is a culmination of where the story all kind of wraps up together. You have one story that's gone completely fucking bonkers, and you're going, what the fuck is going on uh, with this with this character? And that's the character that it has, uh, you know, the trauma, the, basically the, the trauma uh, of a lifetime, where if you doesn't matter which choice you make at the end, you will have a character that either that if this was a real person, they would have to live with their choice for the rest of their life, thinking I made the wrong choice and it would probably fuck up their entire life mentally or or all their life. They'll they'll be living in heaven, wondering when they're going to be punished in hell. Like, does that sound like a does that sound like a, a good state of mind? Like you, you either live your life in hell, you're you're going to think that it's your fault that certain things happened. Or you're going to live your life in heaven and wonder when hell's coming for you. This is a shitty situation. I sat there. I was like, this is fucking stupid. You could live for a day and end up in, you know, right back to right back to essentially right back to where you were in her case. Or live 10 years and have that happen again. Like, it doesn't matter when what happens in your life at that point. You will eventually end up in a shitty situation. At the end of it. So I sat there going, man, this is a crap. This is crap writing. This is, that was all I could come to. I was like, this is just crappy writing. This is bad storytelling. Animation's you, not great. <laughs> you know, you have animation that's not great. You have gameplay that's not great. Overall, it's just not a good game. And it's not. It's not a good game. It's not a game worth playing, in my opinion. The story, like I said, the story starts out really intriguing. There was a lot of stuff here that they could have gone with. And a lot of stuff that they could have ran with, and it just falls flat on its fucking face. So, yeah, don't play it. That's my recommendation. Not even worth it for Game Pass. Listeners, Miles and I finished my ordinary life, or my ordinary life last night. I wish that story there that that show hadn't ended. Yeah, good comedy. <laughs> it, ended, it was done in. That's yeah. that's how I uh, I felt when I watched it the first time. Yeah, it's and I'm so glad you guys actually after me telling you so many times just watch the show it's worth it well miles watched the show because of a uh, that video tiktok yeah yeah because of the tiktok video. <laughs> i was like this looks it. bananas what is this then i got five minutes into the first yeah. episode i was like okay i'm gonna have to watch this well i forget what uh what group chat we were in but 
like I'm sure you somebody, told us at some point. Somebody posted a gift from it, and uh, I remember Miles was like, "What show is this from?" And I gave you a title. I was like, "Dude, just trust me. Don't look <laughs> into it. Just go watch it." It's yeah, the it's, hardest I've laughed at anything in a long, it long is time. That shit. I fucking loved every moment of it. Uh, yeah, first few episodes the last had ep- Vargo and I in fucking tears. Oh God, dude! <laughs> the fucking jump rope. Where where she jumped up and got hit with the jump rope in her head and land and it it was just that was fucking great. I think my favorite bit had to be the uh, the principal wrestling the deer in the courtyard. That was funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no the fucking torpedo reason. flop. <laughs> the fucking torpedo flop over the uh, the high bar uh, high jump straight into <laughs> her friend's fucking gut. <laughs> fucking just slammed into her and then ends up falling or gets gets hit back yeah. by her friend and then falls over the other side finally actually does the uh the landing correctly yeah that was so fucking funny like all of it yeah it was really good um i wish there was cute, more of it cute little scientist girl for no fucking reason has yeah. no parents so we have no idea what the hell that is like that's why listeners they don't have parents <laughs> in japan well i mean she's obviously a scientist she doesn't need parents. <laughs> <laughs> Needs a robot to get her snacks and shit but, and shop for her. But I, I wish there was more of it, but I'm kind of glad there isn't in that way of what we have is good. And I think if they tried to make more, I don't know if it would live up to it. Yeah, Miles and I, when we finished it, we were like, man, did they just run out of random stuff to do? Because <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun, listeners. We highly recommend it. My Ordinary Life, it's exclusive on uh, Funimation. Um if you have been, com- you know, contemplating getting Funimation, Funimation is a great service. Just you know, like kind of like Crunchyroll, of, uh, you know, you pay a subscription, you get tons and tons of anime, you get access to all these shows, and uh, they actually, in my opinion, they have more content that's worth watching than Netflix. Uh, give it a shot. You know, maybe you'll find something fun. Maybe we'll find something new. Take the recommendations that we that we give you and uh, run. You know, think about our personalities, whether or not that fits with your personality. And maybe you'll, you know, maybe you'll find something that you enjoy. Anderson has a tendency to not listen to us at all or take any of our recommendations and then watch his random shit that he regrets later. I can I can give him crap because he's not here. Um, I always just love it. But when I give him in. I give him crap. I give him crap all weekend. So it just comes in and asks for recommendations. Hey, guys, uh, I'm looking for a new series. What do you want to or what should I watch? I'm like, Why the fuck are you asking? Well, you don't listen anyways. Yeah. We'll tell you, but you're not going to watch it. You're going to go watch something else. Like right now, he's watching uh, uh, Dra- The Dragon Goes House Hunting or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, all right. Um, which he enjoyed. Uh, I think he finished. I think he actually finished that one up. Uh, I could be wrong. But, uh, he, you know, as long as as long as he finds something he enjoys, that's, you know, it makes that service at least all worth it. Um, but uh, he watched... Uh, he watched Doro Hidoro, uh, which is a weird fucking show to try and explain to anybody. But um, in my opinion, that one that one was worth watching. I recommended that one on the podcast. So you'll you know if if you subscribe to these services like Doro Hidoro is on Netflix. Netflix has been doing really well of trying to get more and more anime. Uh, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Uh, that's kind of the way all anime really works. Just like any other show. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. Some of it's just not going to appeal to you. Some, some of it's going to appeal to other people. I recently watched uh sword, Art, uh, sword art online, uh, alternative <laughs> gun gal, gun gal online. That's what it is. 
that is a show that it had a fun premise and was interesting at, at first. And I was hoping for another kind of, I was, I was kind of hoping for something that would end up being kind of like a uh, girls in Panzer where it's just kind of bat shit, but it's fun. And here's, here's why I, you, have, you have the, you have the cute girl, like chibi kind of character. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I was thought, thought I was going to go into. Here's where I came into the conversation yesterday and you were talking about uh, okay. sword art online. Yeah. And I wish I'd known you were starting any of them beforehand because I would have given you the warning of first season is good all the way through. Yeah. Everything else is good until about three quarters of the way through. And then it falls on its face on the ending. Yeah. And gun Gale online started out really cool for me. I, I loved the idea because we had three seasons of, you know, Oh, it's going to be a fantasy MMO game. Yeah, you kind of run out of shit shit to do with that. So they go over to this. Yeah, one. my understanding from my understanding with Sword Art Online, the characters aren't really well written for that to carry. They were in the first season. Yeah, the and that's that's what. Is, but they don't develop them in between the seasons. It's like every character stays as a snapshot of what they were at the end of season. Yeah, three. and I also had a problem with the fact that just the premise of Sword Art Online goes to goes to. Uh, Oh, these people were stuck in the the VR world for two years, and I'm like, and nobody starved to death. Like, how the fuck did these people not die? <laughs> two two years and what is essentially a coma, and none of them are immediately put into a hospital because they have to be hooked into their VR machines. How does that work? Uh, I feel like in the I remember reading in the source material at some point they had hooked them up to like feeding tubes and. Yeah, all and that just, kind of stuff. But like, and it was, and in listeners, if you're if you're sitting there going, "Well, it was just a couple of people," no, it was like thousands of people in this game. Yeah, it was in Sword like Art Online, the launch of World of Warcraft, which is why, like, it's kind of why I avoided going into Sword Art Online. I was going to watch it though because of uh, uh, Gun Gal. I was like, I watched the first couple episodes. I was like, oh, that you know, it might be good. I'll, I'll put Sword Art Online in my into my queue, and I'll watch that later. It's, it's on Hulu, so all right. So you know, if if it's as fun as this, I'll go with it. And Gun Gal starts out really, really fun. And that's what I thought the whole thing was going to be about. And then it goes completely off the fucking rails. And I, I, the best way I can describe it, listeners, is that the like the is a comment that I found online of somebody trying to describe the Sword Art Online series, all of it. And he said, he said, Gun Gal, uh, Gun Gal Online is has, suffers from the same problem as Sword Art Online. The biggest villain in that show is the writing and God damn, were they spot on with that? Cause the writing just tanks so quickly into this convoluted bullshit story that you just go, this doesn't make any sense. Like this such badly written characters that you go, man, like if you were in, in this kind of situation with these people and you met them in real life, you'd slap the shit out of them. He's, wake the fuck up. What the fuck is wrong? It's, it's like dealing with somebody who perceives the world completely different than reality itself. Much like we're having to deal with today in our real life. But simulation's broken. So when you play, when you watch this show, you're sitting there going, okay, uh, this person's clearly fucking crazy. I don't know why you're giving them your time. And effort. Like, I don't even know why you care. This person's nuts. And that's exactly it. You have two people who end up being the protagonists uh, in the show and are supposed to be the villains. And they're not really villains. They're just fucking crazy. 
Like they need serious mental health, like, like mental help. So the main character goes through this whole thing of like, all right, well, I am playing, getting into VR games because she's abnormally tall for a woman, especially in Japan. She's about six feet tall. And because she sticks out, she decides to go into gaming and she becomes, you know, fond of, uh, of uh, gun gal because every time she logs into a different uh, game, she tries out fantasy games. And every time she tries to change her character in a different game and they're automatically generated, supposedly she keeps ending up in these, as these like Amazon women and, you know, large characters that she didn't want to be. She finally gets into gun or into a game where it's, she's a petite chibi looking character and uh, she decides this is the game that she's going to stick with because she's finally the character, a a character that she likes and is not the representation of her in real life. And you go from there like, okay, well this could be, this could be funny. You're dealing with a character who's, who's got insecurities and stuff like that. You have a flawed main character. This is good. We're starting out strong. And from here, she's going to meet friends kind of like, uh, like I was kind of expecting more of an experience of like meeting friends, doing quests and stuff like that. More of the, the thoughts of like Bo Fury of, you know, that kind of kooky character who's never really been into, into video games and learns that they're actually kind of a badass. And that starts happening at the beginning. And then it develops into this shitty, just, experience of oh she met somebody who is crazy and because they missed out on being part of sword art on or sword art online originally with the sensory lock-in of this could be life and death they want to experience that in this game and i thought the show was going to go into the aspect of like okay well this is going to now be a show a story about how uh these people need actually need mental help and they need to get that kind of help. And this character is going to go into trying to help them out and, and get them to go see a psychiatrist. Cause that's seriously what the character needs. They've decided that if they jo- jump into a competition or into this shooting competition, this, uh, border or battle Royale with teams that if they die in the game, they will kill themselves in real life. And that's, that's the, that's the villain. And I went, this is fucking stupid. Shouldn't this conversation be of, we need to get this person mental help. We need, we need to get them in front of a psychiatrist and actually talk about the fact that what they're doing is fucking crazy. That this kind of thought process is not okay. And I went, all right, well, I don't like this character. I don't care if she lives or dies now because you've made her such a horrible person in the game that, Clearly she doesn't have, she's not, she doesn't have a moral bone in her body. And then you find out later about how she treats the, her lover. And you're like, man, this person just sounds like, this is a person that I would never ever in a million years spend time with. I would do anything I could to avoid. Why is this being sold as the main story? Anyways, it ended up being a, a story that goes like, man, this is awesome. And it's like watching somebody do a really, and the way I used it as a metaphor for the guys was a gif. You're watching somebody do a really cool trick. Awesome. <laughs> they did not stick the landing. Just somebody falls flat on their face. And that's what happens with the story. It falls flat on its face. Don't recommend uh, gun gal online. I, because of that, I immediately removed sword art online after, especially having uh, conversations and, and reading through forums uh, with other people who have watched it. And uh, I think I'm good. I think, I, I think it's for the best. 
I will say uh, one more time, though, watch Cannon Busters on Netflix. That is absolutely worth the watch. It is made by the same creator of Boondocks. So well, well animated and it's pretty funny. And it's got a cool intro song. Um, I finally imported. Uh, what was it? Uh, Super Robot Wars. Yeah, uh, those are actually a lot of fun. Uh, I understand I'm the only one in the group that's going to like it because they're turn based. Okay. And uh, there's a lot of stat management with your characters, but it's like they take every mecha anime series ever and then they shove them into one game. <laughs> so there's there's three that they put out on the switch yeah. and you can also get them on PS4. I, I've bought two of them. And I'm probably going to get okay. the third one here pretty soon. I, I, I love these games for some reason. They're they're what I play now. This, um, is, this is why we've lost just uh, forever. Basically. <laughs> Um, and I finished the audiobook for the second book of the High Republic series. All right. And uh, I like where the series is going. Okay. Uh, I can't say anything without spoilers, but it's definitely, definitely worth getting into. Did I review Ico last week? Does anybody remember? Miles? I don't recall. Uh, listeners, if this is a repeat, I apologize. But uh, I watched Ico on Netflix. That was actually a really cool anime. I, I think I actually brought this up. Uh, but it was actually really cool. It was worth watching. Um, definitely check that one out. That's that's a cool story. Uh, and it's got a decent ending. It's got a good ending. It ends well. Um, a weird story. <laughs> and kind of like, here's the thing. If you if you watch it, don't focus so much on the plot because the plot kind of gets uh, Kojima on itself. Where it tries to become too many twists and turns that really aren't important. And don't worry about that it still ends well and it's still fun to watch and you'll enjoy it for what it is. So that's worth, that's worth going through. I also watched uh, the eighth night. It, that movie was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the eighth night on uh it's a Korean movie. It's on Netflix. It is not good. It is boring as fuck has a cool idea and it sounds like a cool idea. It sounds like an idea that would end up being a, uh, a really cool, a really cool anime, or even a really cool episode of Supernatural, if they had actually developed more on the supernatural elements of it and some of the, uh, you know, what the what the demon uh, or or entity that they're dealing with in the movie does, and had done a little more, tried to do a little more horror with it. Uh, instead, it just ends up being a a really crummy story and a really crummily told story. I I'd avoid that one at all costs. It looks like a really cool trailer. The trailer oversells it and it's, it looks really cool from the trailer, I should say, but the trailer oversells it and it's not a good watch. In my opinion, I got bored and started fast forwarding listeners. Not, not a good mark for anything. Miles and I have been watching more of how not to summon a demon Lord uh, for this season. And it's getting more lewd. And it's starting to get to the point where if this if this kind of shit continues, I may just stop watching it. Yeah, it's it's getting a little out of hand. Like, it's still funny for now, but yeah, getting a little carried away. Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. 
Uh, if you want to get rid of your social media, we highly recommend it because we don't have Twitter anymore. And if we could get rid of our Facebook account, we absolutely would. If we could just get more listeners and not have to worry about having a social media presence because we don't like it. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around because, like I said, we don't have much of a social media presence. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. And Miles. Keep on geeking on. We're out. I got no regret right now. I'm feeling that the air is so cold and low. I'm feeling that. Let me go in her room. I'm feeling that. I want to take off her clothes. I'm feeling that. Show me the way to bed. I'm feeling that. Show me the way you move. I'm feeling that. Fuck you, it's such a blur. I'm feeling that. I love all the things you do. I'm feeling that. Leave fell short this time. Your smile fades in the summer.